0: Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Conservative. I am your host, Matt Gore. Today I have a guest. Her name is Melissa Bowers. Melissa is running for Board of Education in Johnston County, North Carolina. First of all, I want to thank Melissa for being very patient with me. We had a lot of technical difficulties lining up this interview and then also um, internet issues during our interview. So again, thank you very much for Melissa uh, being patient with me. Now, normally I do not clip or edit any of my interviews. This interview does have some edits and those were because of the internet issues that were not due to content. So I just wanted to make that clear. I hope you enjoy the interview with Melissa. And I do think that she would be a great asset to Johnston County on the Board of Education. Again, enjoy the interview. Thanks for watching. You're now listening to Carolina Conservatives. The Melissa Bowers is joining me today. She is running for Johnston County Board of Education. Uh, Melissa, thank you very much for joining us on Carolina Conservative.
1: Oh thank you for having me. I appreciate right. it
0: Melissa if if you don't mind just give us a quick rundown of you know who you are and what what made you decide to run for Board of Education
1: um, Well, I'm Melissa Bowers and I am a wife and a mom and I have. Together, my husband and I have a blended adoptive family. So we have six kids all together and I have been a teacher for 10 years. And really what prompted me to run was I did not like the trajectory of where things were going in the school system. I saw my own kids um, suffering the consequences of that as a teacher, I felt it in the classroom and. Basically, my husband was like, "Instead of coming home and complaining to me every night, why don't you make an effort to do something about it?" And so, I decided to run.
0: Very good, and I think um, I think you know you're not alone in the frustration with the way the schools have gone, public schools, and especially in the last couple of years with COVID and remote learning and and all yeah. that. Um, I know for us personally, I guess. 2020 my son was in second grade and okay. uh, our oldest was in second grade and you know when COVID hit it was a disaster with remote learning and we we did homeschool the next year then yeah, put him yeah, yeah. back in last <laughs> yeah put back in putting back in last year along okay. with um our other two and uh, so we had a kindergartner first grader and fourth grader last year oh wow it, yeah it just it didn't work it didn't yeah. work um they'd lost so much for um, you know, with with the COVID learning loss, basically, you know, the COVID learning loss was a was a real thing, and so we're we pulled them out uh, for homeschool again this year. Uh, so I know you're not alone in in kind of that frustration of what's been going on. Um, so tell me, so right now, um, how many candidates are there for how many spots in Johnston County?
1: So right now there are six candidates um, for three seats um, coming up for next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know, from the outside looking in, Johnson County is a mess. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson, and it's not just the Board of Education. You know, the Board of Education has got plenty of uh, drama. It's like uh, watching a soap opera over there. Okay. Um, but you know, it's it's from the top down, from the Board of Commissioners to to. Yeah. Police departments, everything. Uh, What are, what do you think should be the priorities for if, if you're elected for the board of education moving forward? Uh, What are, what are the biggest issues that you see that can be corrected?
1: Um, Right now? I think what I see as the biggest issue is we have a real issue in our schools with accountability. And I feel like a broken record because I talk Mm -hmm. about it all the time, but There is top-down accountability issues. There are, we don't hold our students accountable in the classroom, Um, teachers, admin. And I feel like a lot of our teachers, of course, there were teachers who left during COVID and, you know, it's hard to bring new teachers in when it is kind of constant drama. But what I feel like if we can get control in our classrooms, then things will get better. Like if we can have that teacher support, if we hold our kids to high standards, then I feel like personally things will get better. I feel like that is where a lot of um, things are lacking. And if we can get back to just the basics in education and kind of get rid of some of this political stuff. I mean, I know it's kind of everywhere, but I just don't feel like school is the place to talk about, you know, for teachers to be talking about what side of the field they're on and things like that. And just let's teach our children, let's hold them to high standards and keep everybody accountable. And I, I really feel like things will get better.
0: Uh, Do you think so? I I agree. I I don't think kids are, and this is talking to teachers in Harnett County that Mm -hmm. I know. Um, I don't think kids are being held accountable, um, for behavior, for turning in work
1: or anything,
0: (laughs) um, for, for participating in class. Right. Um, basically it's been a push them through
1: situation. COVID made it even worse. I mean, I, I saw my own son who was a junior at the beginning of COVID and they basically told him none of this matters. Like, (laughs)
0: And it's like,
1: please do not tell my teenage son that like he will not do anything from that point forward.
0: (laughs) And it's, it's, I mean, we saw the same thing in in elementary school. Mm -hmm. None of this matters with the testing. It it doesn't matter. Let's push them through. Let's, you know, it it doesn't, whatever age these kids were. And I don't know what the, I feel like middle school is probably the worst age that Mm -hmm. I've seen is, I mean, that it's kind of a make or break time for, for, kids. Um, right. so I, I feel like, um, we we've lost, we've lost a generation if we don't, if we're not careful. Yeah. I, I, feel like, um, you know, standards have slipped. Yeah. So how do we, how do we reestablish that?
1: Um, I actually just kind of answered this question on Facebook today. Yeah? Um, about how I, I feel like if we could have baseline policies across the county instead of this school does it this way, this school does it that way, this teacher does it this way. And I am all for teacher autonomy. Like I've been in the classroom and I understand the need for that, but there are some base rules that should be established and the county already has some, but they're not enforced across the county. So Teachers do things differently. Like you can wear a hat in this teacher's class, Mm -hmm. but you can't in this one. And you can use your phone in this class, but you can't in this one. And we need continue. I don't even know the word I'm trying to say. Um, It just needs to be across county. Like this is the rule. This is our policy. If you don't follow it, this is going to happen and then stick to it. And I feel like that's the, it sounds simple, but when you're, when you try to get, you know this many schools and admin and teachers to follow suit but i feel like if there is that continuum then the students will learn like this mm-hmm. is the expectation and if you don't meet it then this is the consequence but right now we don't have consequences that are the same and i mean this kid might get suspended 3 days for a fight because of who his parents are and this kid might get ISS because his parents come up there and complain. And, you know, so it's, we have to have, it should be equal. Like it is what it is. If you, if you do the crime, then you, you should get the same punishment. No matter what school you go to or who your parents are or, you know, whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So what are your thoughts on phones in the classroom?
1: I am, not a fan of phones in the classroom Mm. i feel like they cause i mean honestly if i had to be they are a huge issue and i know that some parents are well my kid needs their phone and i've even had family members that came back at me that said you know well what about children who like my daughter's type one and yes she needs her phone near her to you know allow for her blood sugar to be monitored and stuff like that there's five four plans for this. <laughs> right, right. Um, but that is, that is the exception. That's not the norm. Correct. And phones are a huge distraction. And not only that, but a lot of the bullying that is like bullying that's taken place in the classroom is all through social media. Most kids don't have the nerve to say something to another child's face. Mm-hmm. It's all done through their phone. And That to me is just, it's a huge distraction. It's the number one issue in a classroom, I think, is kids with phones. And I mean, uh, not to like bash on parents because that's awful, but you kind of have to make the choice of, is it more important that you can contact your child at any given moment of the day, or do you want them to be at school focused and paying attention and learning?
0: Right. I mean... I feel like I sound like I'm 80 years old, but we didn't have cell phones in class. And, and you know, I was, I was in high school when, you know, not, I'm not Zach Morris with the big, you know, phone, but, um, you know, we had cell phones. We, you know, they weren't like what they are now. They weren't smart or anything, but I kept mine in my car, you know, it it didn't even come into school. It was there for emergencies only. And, uh, you know, nobody had their phone in school. And if you did, you got in trouble. Um, I just don't understand why people feel like they need that kids, whether it's a sixth grader, a ninth grader, a fourth grader. They don't need a phone. They don't need a phone. No, I agree. Yeah.
1: I, we're like really weird parents and our yeah. kids didn't have phones until they were in 10th grade. Yeah, um, I know
0: my, my, my son's in 5th grade and he's like, when can I get a phone? Like not anytime soon.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. I know my 4th my grader's asking me now, well, well, everybody has a phone. Well, you don't. So everybody yeah. does not.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on to a different topic, um, sure. what do you see... I haven't really kept up to date this year with changes with COVID policies. What are we doing now with quarantines and testing and all that?
1: Um, Honestly, as far as I know for this year, it has been pretty smooth sailing um, that there aren't the quarantine requirements um, like there were last year. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of kind of how we've dealt with illness in the past. Like if you are sick, please don't come to school. Yeah. If you get to school and you are sick, we're going to send you home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to my knowledge, there are no COVID requirements like there were last year.
0: What do you think the current board, what do you, do you think they did anything right when it came to COVID or did they kind of botch it?
1: Um, I think at first when everybody was kind of like, Oh, what's this? What do we mm-hmm. do? I think that they, at the beginning, when it was so unknown, that they did the right thing. I think we were all just kind of like, "What are we supposed to do in this situation?" And honestly, they were just kind of following suit with what every other school in the country yeah. was doing. Um, I think as time progressed, that's when I personally and others as well started having issues when. It was like my child who can, you know, need speech therapy is now wearing a mask and they can't see the teacher and we're out of school forever. We're doing this virtual learning, which, you know, I, I taught through virtual learning at the middle school level and it wasn't awful. It's not Mm -hmm. the same as the classroom experience, but for our younger children, it was awful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was not. I sat here with my, who was then in half a first part of, you know, full year of second with like tears every single day. Yeah. And it was just, it was awful. And, you know, and she had great teachers. It wasn't the teacher. It was the way that it was delivered. It, it just wasn't, it wasn't good for, for my kids. Um, And I think a lot of parents felt that way. And just the continuation for so long with zero sight of like, this isn't good for our kids, I think was super frustrating for a lot of parents. And as myself in particular, like I was still working. And so the kids weren't back at school, but I still had to be in the classroom. And so I'm literally taking my kids to daycare at 640 in the morning and they wear a, day, a mask at daycare, and then they get busted, and now they're wearing a mask all day at school, and then they go back to daycare, and they're wearing a mask, and I'm just like, my, my eight-year-old is wearing a mask for like 10 hours a day, and to me, it just got to the point where, you know, when is enough enough? Like, when are we going to realize that we're causing more harm than what, you know, than good?
0: And I think now they're finally... Finally admitting that there has been harm caused on the the mental health side and on the learning loss. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I feel like I I agree. In in the beginning, the school boards did what they had to do. They had to play it safe. Um, but they never adjusted. And I think Johnson County was the one that held on and held on and held on <laughs> to right. the masking and the in the quarantine and everything. It was yeah, Johnson County held on uh, when whenever. Yeah, ex-
1: yeah, like at the beginning of the year when they had originally made it optional last year, I was super excited. I was yeah. like, oh, thank goodness, you know, like my kid can go and she can learn and she can see and hear and, you know, wow. all the things. And I was I was very disappointed um, when they mandated it. and And then it did. It. I mean, it was like almost the entire year of yeah. mandates. Yeah. So,
0: and, you know, we're in Harnett County right next to you. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. They had announced pretty much the last day of school the year before. We're optional. Um, and then two days before school started, they remandated it. Yeah. and then we did it for about a month before they made it optional again. So mm-hmm. we, we went the whole year pretty much being optional. Yeah. Now there were still crazy, you know segregated you know uh, policies when it came to quarantining, but you know, we, we dealt with it. Yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, so moving forward, like you said, you feel like there needs to be more accountability in yes. in the classroom. What about accountability for, um, I guess, so today came out, um, the, the school grades and mm-hmm. I know Johnston County kind of, it looked like they threw a party. Um, yeah. and I haven't gone through and looked at every school, but it seemed like their, uh, standards weren't very high for, it was like, as long as everybody's got a C, and almost all of them did that. Yes, yeah. like, we set right. a standard for next year, and we're almost there, and it's like, just C and above. I don't think that's good enough.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I haven't, I'll be honest, I have not taken the time either yeah, to look all, I mean, through it and yeah. see what the numbers truly are reflective. I do know that at the beginning, kind of like the end of last school year, um, we, you know, there was conversation about how our scores were like really good and things like that. But what is neglected to be told is that North Carolina actually lowered their standards. And so it makes our district look really good because as a whole, the standards were lowered. Um, And that's, to me as a parent, that's frustrating because I look at it as like, you know, we talk about the globalization and competing in a global market, but we are not educating our children to compete in a global market. Mm -hmm. We are really doing them a disservice.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, this, the whole pushing kids through, lowering the standards, (laughs) um, making things easier or basically, Everything is like a well, super grading on a curve now. Um, right. You're right. We're doing our kids a disservice by, by lowering the standards. Uh, you know, we need to find out what they need to know and we need to teach them, uh, not just push them through. Um, no, I totally
1: but, agree. And it, it happens. Like I've had kids at the middle school level who literally pass only one class, but you know, Failed. I don't know if you can actually fill an EOG, but like failed their EOGs, did not do mm-hmm. well on them. And we still push them on to high school. And a lot of the pushback that we get from that is like, well, we can't hold everybody back. And I, I do. I understand that. We, yeah. we can't hold everybody back. But when we have a kid who's genuinely struggling and we as the classroom teacher or as the admin know that pushing this child on is going to make it an even greater struggle for them. There has to be something that we, at some point we have to say, okay, this child needs to be retained. And I actually wanted my own child retained and they refused to retain her. And I was, I'm like, I am her mom. I'm with her every day. I can tell you, she is not ready to move on. And I was basically told it wasn't my decision. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah, that's frustrating. I know for, for for us, same thing. My my oldest son, uh, the main thing that he struggles in is math. Everything else he he mm-hmm. accepts. But there's right. no there's no flexibility or I guess logic. You know, mm-hmm. either we push him through and he gets farther behind in math, or yep. we keep him behind and don't let him keep moving forward in in reading and writing and everything else. It's like why can't we do some sort of hybrid and the only thing he was offered was a a week of summer school oh. to try to pass the eog again that was basically oh, wow. it was like a cram session to try to pass yeah. it wasn't a like let's actually learn math and and get you a 90 it's let's get you the the lowest passing grade we can get um, so yes. it, it's frustrating, especially like on your end, you said you wanted to be retained and they wouldn't let you and it's not your choice. That's yes. frustrating. <laughs> it is. <That's>
1: frustrating. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, Melissa, is there anything else that you want to make sure the voters mm-hmm. know before, before the election?
1: I think mostly it's with all the things that have been coming out. Like I feel like daily there's new. Yeah drama <laughs> um, that's happening. And I just, I feel like, you know, I've kind of stayed clear of all that be- just because it's not really my scene. But also, I, I think I just want people to mostly know that I am not a person that just goes along to get along, that mm. I, I truly have very solid beliefs. Um, and, you know, not everybody agrees with them. And that's okay. I feel like I'm open-minded, but I am also very solid in my beliefs and I'm not a person who is just going to say what needs to be said to get a vote or it is what it is for me. And so mm-hmm. I just I hope that people will see that I am genuine and that I truly want what is best for our children because my whole life has been about kids. Like we have a lot of kids. We foster. I've worked CPS. I've taught and like that is That is what I do. Kids are what I do. (laughs) And so I, I genuinely, I have their best interest at heart and I hope that people can see that I'm honest and not just, you know, here for the vote kind of thing.
0: Good. Good. Um, now, um, how can people find out more about you and or get in touch with you and learn
1: more about you? Um, I have a Facebook. So if you like, Put in the search, Melissa Bowers Board of Education. Um, It'll pull me up. I also have a website. It's just really easy. Vote number four, melissabowers.com. I also have an email. Feel free to email me. It's Bowers at gmail. And I'm pretty much an open book. So if you have any questions, I I am willing to answer them.
0: And- Good and and I, I will include all those links uh, okay. in the description for the show. And uh, I agree, you are an open book. You've been, uh, from what I can tell, on on your Facebook page and on other groups, you've been willing to openly discuss, you know, you know any topic you know, anybody has a question about. So I I appreciate that. I'm not a Johnson County voter, but I appreciate that. So I I hope that they do as well. Um, Melissa, I I do want to thank you very much for for being on with me today. Like I said, I'll put all those links in the description and and, um, we'll push this out to all the social media sites and podcast sites. So uh, again, thank you very much for being with me and I hope to hear from you soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.